Hey, Greg, do you know? I don't know. Michael, do you know? I don't know, man, but let's try it. This is our podcast about accountability. And having an accountability buddy. This is... I don't know. Let's Let's try try it. it. How you doing, Michael? Good, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well. We just got back from the beach. Yeah, I can't lie to the, anyone who might be listening. Like, <laughs> we've been hanging. It's become a thing. Like, we hang, and then we do the podcast. Yeah. But I think it's kind of nice, because now we're, we're like, our, the fluidity of our conversation is yeah, already underway. Yeah, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. It's a, it's a warm-up. Yeah. I don't know if that really actually... I think it does make a difference, right? A little bit, yeah. Well, either way, here we are. Yeah, here we are. And we made the decision to start talking about the tasks at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what we had what we had been accountable for the week prior. Yeah. So do you want You can go first. Yeah. Okay. Um, my accountable tasks were two, one. Right, and then also, wait, we're also doing accountable tasks for our businesses, Mm -hmm. and then an accountable task for, like, just the world, like, relating to our civic duties, or those sort of things, because we tend to talk about current events and and things like that. Um, So my accountable tasks related to the show I'm making were um, to set a date to film a scene with my niece um it's a news segment for part of the show and then to um uh start building that set i believe let me look yeah and start building the set um which is funny because i've not only made the date built the set but also shot the whole thing mm-hmm um, and have edited most of it too. Um, but that's partly because we, it's been two weeks since we met. Yeah. Last. So I sort of, it, but that's the cool thing about accountability buddies is that yeah. you make this task and then I, I'm like, well, and, and the thing is I wouldn't have probably made that date as early as I did without that push of like, I said mm. to you that I'm going to do it, and I want to, but yeah. it's also that now that it's been said that that's what I'm going to do, I started it and then kept going. Because, like, once you make a date, you got to make it happen. Uh, yeah. So I made it happen. Um, and then my civic duty was to watch the rest of the docuseries entitled Downward Spiral which was literally impossible to do because uh, the Boston Public Library, they have like these watch credits that I wasn't aware of. So there's certain content that you can only watch so much of and then you oh, get wow. you have to wait till next month. Oh, wow. But it is free. Like, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm okay with it. They have other content that is like you, you don't need credits for. But yeah. anyways... I ended up watching other stuff anyways. I watched this documentary called The Talk, which Uh is about how, you know, black families tend to have to have the talk with their children Mm. around what what the world, 
how, how the world treats them differently. Yeah. And, and also around like, you know, when you get pulled over, this is what you should be aware of. Mm. Um, and that was a good documentary. And I also watched James Baldwin, the documentary on I Am Not Your Negro by, uh, it's not by James Baldwin, but it's about James Baldwin, huh. uh, investigating the death of Medgar Evans, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Wow. Yeah. It was a good, it was dude, that movie. I definitely suggest anyone. It's a very good movie. Um, just brilliant. Yeah. So, That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you, maybe we'll talk about yours and then we can get more in depth about either or I don't know. Yeah. Or we could talk about, I mean, cause I just saw the footage that you filmed. Yeah. If we could talk about that. Okay. A little bit. It was for me as the audience seeing it, it was really cool. And it's, I like the, I like as the person talking to you about all this stuff as your accountability buddy. And seeing the things you're building, and already it's go, it's a being allowed to go into different directions, mm. and that's really cool. Mm. That's always like nice to see, and I love the I love the concept of how you like explain to me of like Buttercup Island, and like the map, and just I can already see like the it having influences of other things we've seen, like you have mentioned, like kind of like Avatar, like mm-hmm. describing a character, mm-hmm. and just I love the um. I love fantasy adventures. To me, it's like... Yeah. I don't know. It, for me, it's like you can't make too many things better than that. It's just one of the... It's just... Yeah. Timeless. Right. And everyone can relate to a fantasy adventure. Well, it's interesting because it feels like, for me... I I think... I can either imagine a dystopia or a utopia, maybe just like anyone else, right? Yeah. And I've done film a short film in the past called Hope, which was a dystopic view of a future yeah. of our country. And this feels like it's a dystopic view of our culture in relation to like if there wasn't a race war right now. Yeah. Um, what what might be the after effect of that apocalypse? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty, like it's. In, like there's nothing really light about that movie yeah but then this feels like uh it's my imagination of a world that i would like to see exist uh i mean there's not there aren't any humans but they're they're part human like creatures mm. part animal and that's not the part that i want to see it's more yeah. more that yeah, I don't. I don't need to see like yeah, Greg turn Animal into like hybrids. half like yeah, like half. Michael, why check. do you want genetically spiced human <laughs> yeah. hybrids? No, I don't. Human hybrid that, cyborgs, it, AI take over. I really think that's more just an uh, it, maybe kind of like an excuse to. I don't know what it is that drove me to make half animal creatures. I feel like people love that. Tra- many traditional stories. Well, the other thing is, like, yeah, and you kind of, because it's, I've had other movies where where you're really actually talking about race, and they're humans, and this show, you you don't even have to worry about that, necessarily, but you're talking about different creatures of animal, and how they interact, 
So it's similar, but not, you don't have to overtly say that's a black person, that's a white person. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, I think that's part of what's interesting, but also just creating a whole different world where, like, this person, you understand that this half bird doesn't talk. They, like, telepathically communicate with mm. other people. And this half, whatever, you know, like, each thing has a different thing. And that, that's just fascinating to me. But to digress, the world I'm trying to create is, like, one that I think would be really good and healthy. Um, yeah. And everyone has their own idea of what that would be. But I think it's important to have that imagination work. Yeah. As we're also doing the work in our real world. Um, it's like, yeah. what do you want to see happen? And that's, like, my favorite shows do that. Yeah. They, like, create a place where I'm like, whoa, like, let's live there. So... In a sense, you're like, you kind of want to emulate those characters. Yeah. Kind of like Avatar. Like, when we yeah. watched Avatar, it wasn't like I was just escaping this world just to escape, but it was also to learn things that the characters were going through. Yeah. I think that's a, a mark of a good show, is when you when you leave the show and you're like, oh, like I kind of want to be more like, yeah. like Aang, or, you know. Yeah. I'm, I don't know the quote, but I remember someone stating that that's the that's the goal of good fiction mm. is that you get to live in another person's shoes mm -hmm. and have these experiences without the trauma that may come along with them or without, you know, the, the, um, possible consequences. Like going back to Avatar, you know, you can see some of the situations that Aang ends up in, but you don't have to fight the enemies and possibly die. Yeah. But you you get to experience some of the strategy that they did to like overcome a group of people or um, you might not have to go to a foreign land and not have money and not know what to do. Yeah. But Aang kind of does like does that and it's like yeah. as a group. It, oh yeah, you could like that's how, it makes you think. I think humans naturally think when they see an ex something happening, they think how would they deal with it? Yeah. So it's like it's almost like school for the mm -hmm. like it's like you're like learning and thinking about how you would deal with situations well it's interesting you bring that up because that reminds me of an article i wish i remember the art the author but it was in the new york times in the art section mm -hmm. I, I read it a while ago it, maybe like two months ago or so and they were talking about bojack horseman and like the office yeah and any show where you see like a narcissistic or otherwise just kind of an asshole male character yeah why do we watch that? And they they were investigating that and what they what their theory is, which I kind of agree with is we want to see those scenarios play out. Yeah. Cuz we've seen we've seen it in real life but also maybe you want to see more nuances of like okay, if this you know, if this character was racist to that person how do the people around them like interact with that situation yeah. and you kind of just it's like this zit you want to pop you want to like look at it and be like what it how do you yeah how do you yeah like like what is going on you know yeah yeah definitely i feel that so much when i'm watching things mm. i'm such a commentator Hmm. oh don't do that or what you just said that like and then yeah. you're like riffing on stuff yeah yeah As, i do that too a yeah little bit, yeah it's funny because you do get to especially with the office i remember i had a hard time watching that a lot of people 
do. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's like the mo- I think like the most popular show. Yeah. Ever. Well, I remember my brother saying, and you've mentioned this too. It's like for the first season's kind of difficult, but then it yeah. it eases out with different things. Because I remember just is it it's who's the boss name? Is it Michael? Michael? Yeah. I remember just watching him, and I was like, oh my god, I can't handle this. Like yeah. I can't handle this level yeah. of like of crazy. ignorance. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and that's another thing is like you watch him get better slowly. Yeah. Uh, I think we're interested in that too as a species. Like, how do you, how are you getting better each day so that you're not an asshole? Yeah. <laughs> so that you can actually be helpful in the world. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely love growth. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see that. But yeah, fiction's good stuff. Yeah. And I like from that, from the episode I was seeing, it had elements, especially from what you said was going to happen, it has this elements of the fantasy and the adventure, and then it had some elements of just like, uh, like Animal Planet, or just, like, where, yeah. where like she's just, goofy stuff, just riffing on like, oh, this is a beetle, it is orange, yeah, the trees are, that's what I'm saying, I, you've, I feel like I've never... Well, maybe we're starting to see stuff like that and I'm part of that movement. Yeah. Like, I want shows where, like, you can grip me at one point and then at another point I'm, like, laughing because it's just a little skit. That yeah. it That exists in that world. I think Rick and Morty actually does that. Yeah. Like, the, those commercial episodes where you're just, like, watching <laughs> the craziest commercials ever because yeah. it's, like, intergalactic commercials. Yeah. Yeah, I like that because you're, like, it's part of the world building, but they take you out of the, like, storyline for a little while. Yeah. And I love deeper world building. Yeah. I feel like people... It's funny because there's... We talked about this last time or at some point. I feel like there's this idea that people are having shorter and shorter attention spans. And to a certain degree, that's true. Mm. But also people are fiending for those deeper stories. Mm, Yeah. And for those things, (laughs) because... If you do live in this intergalactic, connected world, there would be crazy advertisements and, like, weird commercials. So having that... Yeah. solidifies that world mm-hmm. and it's like and it's funny too so yeah. it's like this yeah 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 they're um a hip-hop group i grew up listening to a lot granola funk express gfe they'd uh-huh. have a lot of they'd have random songs and they're more of like a socially conscious hip-hop group like talking about political issues and then yeah. just talking about life because they're like interesting like vagabond hippies yeah yeah and um but they'd have like these crazy interlude songs with like weird commercials like oh um visa visa <laughs> is here to help you deal with depression oh, yeah no yeah totally the side effects are um suicidal thoughts extreme yeah. diarrhea mm-hmm. uh b- sleepless nights pain rectal bleeding and then it just goes on for like yeah. a minute of yeah. all these things like, i've heard this yeah did you maybe you sent it to me or something maybe or we could have listened to it at one point i used yeah. to listen to them a lot they're really they're really good yeah they're cool i love that i love when it's bigger than it i love when people get creative around how are you presenting something that was what i was trying to do with my recent folk album yeah it's like it's not just my songs you get a little bit of this and that and like you even get like a a preview of like me just practicing something or like you get a conversation that me and hannah had yeah you know um but but 
I just the point is I I love that stuff because yeah. it feels more intimate. It's why when we got into Nako and Medicine for the People a while yeah. back, we were so interested in his life because he would put out videos of just behind the music, like yeah, and hanging what out. he was doing every day. And maybe that's where we're at. Maybe Instagram that's part of it. It's like what are you just doing? Yeah, like everybody likes to see like I don't know. Yeah, kind of on a tangent now. But. Yeah. But then it's it's interesting. I think with Instagram, where it becomes difficult is it's so hard to be authentic. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. sometimes with... Whereas yeah. like with Nako and that group of people... Because he's like... Some of his songs are so crazy that he's talking about something mm. that it makes him at least appear more authentic. I've listened to more recent interviews with him and he was like talking about how he was saying all this stuff, was actually dealing with tons of depression and all this stuff. So it wasn't necessarily authentic. Authentic, but it was like, you know, like, he yeah. really is wild like that. Like, this mm-hmm. is, like, happy-go-lucky person when he's with people, at least. Like, that, like... Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful way to be. Yeah. You know? I gotta... I, I haven't really kept up with him in a while. Let's see what yeah. he's up to. But he, he definitely, like helped us grow for for a period of our time oh for sure i mean musically i feel like he's actually one of the better writers Mm. of music like he just writes like on a compositional side of like just the instruments sure because he grew up with piano and understanding that yeah so i think he brings a level of music intelligence Mm -hmm. that is not necessarily is like not normal with someone who's also had his life experiences because he's had like dip like major difficulties yeah and then he's also just gone out and been on the road and been like done that thing that people want to do that just like vagabonding traveling yeah free like free soul type thing but then i saw i saw the touring life sort of mess with him for sure. He started to, yeah. Or like the the more bigger indu- music industry life. Maybe that was it. I remember people talking about he or he would put out content. I could be wrong. Yeah. But I, I remember feeling the content started to get kind of like pessimistic, which is fine. That's part of human life. I think there yeah. should be an, a yin and yang. But like I, I remember getting into his stuff because it was helping me understand the world from a different angle from his angle yeah the anyways uh, but i i now i would say if i was listening to him and that started happening the pessimistic view of the world i would have kept watching because now i understand that that's just as equally as important to focus on as the yeah the optimistic view uh but it's just interesting because i just at that time had stopped listening to him yeah yeah he yeah he needs good music i like i like the aspect that he has um his songs are very singable mm-hmm. he has like repeated things and they're they're like hopeful things to repeat mm. they That's become one, like mantras yeah yeah i love any music that has mantra things in it like gospel music has a lot of stuff like that. It's like you're singing to this beautiful hope that we should have for in life mm. which is this i think it's beautiful to be hopeful to have gratitude for what you have Mm -hmm. but then there's something about singing about those things Mm. that's so powerful Mm -hmm. or like um a lot of the circle songs 
that like I'll sing with people at like um circle drum circle and uh kind of pagan based or native based celebrations and there's lots of songs that are just simple repetitive but they're deep yeah or they're just like about being strong or mm-hmm. something and then like you sing into that especially when it's just repeated over and over right and you get to sing with the strength and then as a community you're singing with strength and it's like mm. something beautiful about that mm. for myself at least yeah yeah well no that's like a it's like a high energetic experience with with humanity right yeah like it's just a yeah and it's interesting about Nako. I feel like I listened to something more recent, and it was like kind. Of, it was more. It was stepping up. Because mm. that must be difficult as an artist, like if, when you get popular. Because if you think like his first album, he probably wrote those songs and refined them over like mm-hmm. I don't know seven right. years. Right. Right. And then like the next album's like four years, but like you're kind of professional. And you're on the road. Think and you're about on the road. Just he wrote music. those songs from being in one place. I think about this all the yeah. time. He wrote those songs from being in one place where he he seemed to love. He had a lot of has a lot of friends there. Yeah. Like they're and I'm just using him as an example yeah, now. Yeah. But when you and as an artist that happens and you you you're gathering your your information from your community you're gathering yeah. your information from being grounded in one place and then you go on the road and you see it happen all the time like someone's second album debut is like whoa like that's way different and it's yeah. not to say that we should i don't think we should hold musicians in a box they should be able to grow and change yeah. but i hear what you mean they don't now they have to make music quicker. Yeah, it's like there's a demand. Like, okay, now you have to come out with an album in one year. It's like, whoa, my last album took me seven years mm-hmm. of devotion. And now yeah. you want me to do it in a year. It's like, yeah. it's just not going to be the same level. Mm-hmm. But then also, it's interesting. I, I didn't even think of that. Because as, as, as an artist, you really need to know what your muse is. Like, what is your surroundings and your people mm-hmm. and, like, your activities and food? Like, all those things that make you in the right place to make art. Yeah. Like, what are those things? And when you're starting to be out of that muse yeah, environment for too long, it's like, you got to change that. Because as yeah. an artist, it's like, you have such... I feel like artists have a responsibility. Because mm. we have, like, this ability to express things. That people experience but may not be able to express. Yeah, well that yeah, that's yeah. that feels like the role of the artist is to right, to communicate. And yeah. and you see when you see or hear or experience a piece of art that you love, it's because you're like this is my opinion, it's because you're like Oh my god, I feel that way. I feel that. Yeah. And I, I didn't know how to express that, but you did it for me and now we can share this experience together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or it's like that's something I didn't even didn't occur to me, and yeah. now I'm experiencing it, and that's great. And you've communicated that to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I I think uh, you know with the show in mind, that's like kind of something that I hope will be true. I keep getting like stuck in conversations with different people around like how you make success as a content creator and it it, bo- it, it bothers me because it, there's no there's no one really talking much about 
Well, if you're making... Like, it's the Alan Watts thing. Do do what you want to do because you love to do it, and, mm-hmm. and then other things will fall into place. Yeah. Because if you're communicating as an artist from a real, genuine point of view, I mean, I'm sure this has been said so many times, but, like, mm-hmm. then, you know, I that that when you make it public if it speaks to people it'll speak to people because you've communicated something unique something that other people are feeling too and it's mm-hmm. it's the content was cared for so much so that gimmicky ways of getting views or whatever didn't get in the way of that communication yeah because the gimmicky, how are we going to get more view counts? How are we going to develop a following? It doesn't, it doesn't feel sustainable because it's like, well, what are we communicating? Yeah. Or just if, especially if someone's focus is on the, on the gimmick stuff instead of just the yeah. content. Because like you see it. Yeah. Especially with like, I notice it as a, as a viewer when I'm on social media. If I'm on like Instagram. And someone has a bunch of followers, but like don't their like, content isn't good. You just think like, why is that? And then it's almost mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if you have a lot of followers, it's like a double edged sword. Because if you have a lot, people are like, whoa, that's cool. But then also as as an artist, and I'm being maybe I'm being more critical, but when I see things that aren't that good, I'm just like, oh, this person's not legit. They're just they use gimmicks well. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you see people with really good content, but they might not have as many followers, you're just like, well, that person's good. Maybe they just haven't been found yet. Maybe they won't be found. But, like... Maybe they don't care about in the the count. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think... I think we put too much emphasis on that. Like, I mean, we were just at the beach, and to me it's, like, a little bit of a sur- surreal, surreal environment. Because... This specific beach, it's very crowded. Uh, people come from far away to go to this beach on a hot day. Yeah. Uh, I'm lucky to live within walking distance of it. Uh, it feels like a surreal experience because it feels like everybody... Uh, not everybody, but a lot of the younger people, at least, are 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 concerned with outward appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that on Instagram, too. And it like, have you seen, there's so many people, I don't want to like call people out, but I'm just concerned for their well-being, like to, I'm, have you seen, okay, I'll ask the question. Have you seen like people doing like photo shoots at the beach with like basically nothing on their body? Sort of, I've seen, yeah, sometimes I see stuff like that, yeah. Which it's okay to do that if you want to do that but it 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 bothers me when it seems like it's a trend like a lot of people are doing it yeah um i've seen a lot of it and i just i i i see like uh the on instagram a lot of this like uh sometimes there's like positive body messages of like all bodies are important and that's cool and like like all bodies can be sexy you know etc etc yeah and i think that's rad and important and needed yeah but then it sometimes goes on the whole other end of the spectrum where it feels like it's it's reinforcing ideas of what like what is sexy so to speak yeah i don't know 
Maybe I'm going on a rant now, but... Yeah. Well, I think people also, everyone has their own things that they feel are sexy. Yeah. And just, like, I don't I don't know if mains, if, like, culture changes that too much. I feel like maybe it does. Like, there's some play in culture with that. Because mm. I think at one point... Or certain cultures find, like, women who have more, like, who are more overweight as more attractive because it's, like, a symbol of they have to do less. Yeah. And they have the capacity to have enough food to even create that. But, yeah. But, like, I guess, um, to each, again, to each their own, I think I would feel concerned if it was, like, my daughter, if I had a daughter. With, yeah. like, a thong on, basically, and, uh, like, taking photos for Instagram at the beach. I know there's this, like, um, interest in getting followers. I just think at what cost, you know? Like, yeah. what part of your integrity are you holding? Uh, safety. Like, yeah. there, that's, like, you, you know, anyone can see that now. I don't know. Yeah. I remember, um... There was a really good podcast. It was, um, what's her name? I know it's Laird Hamilton's wife, who's a famous surfer. And his wife was, like, a famous volleyball player. Okay. And it was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and they talked about this specifically. Okay. And she talked about how she talked to her daughters. Okay. The discussion that she had. Uh-huh. And it was cool. She, I mean, I'm going to botch this up, but it was a really, it was, I was like, oh, well, it's a cool way to look at it. Because she was saying, you know, she was telling her girls, you know, like, you are young. And you are beautiful in all these things right now. And you can play that game of, like, putting, like, that thong butt photo and getting, like, yeah. 10 million followers. Mm-hmm. But she was just saying, like, that's a short game. Mm. So just know if, like, you're going to do that, like, you need to have a plan for what you're actually going to do in life. Because you can't... Right, right. That window that you can exist purely by your body is very short. Mm. But having deeper interests and complexities and um kind of just like development of yourself lasts longer as far as like what you're trying to accomplish in the world is like if you're trying to get followers like being interesting in the end in the long game is better Mm. yeah and i guess i would just say if there happens to be anyone listening to this that is doing that kind of thing like if you if it feels like a passion of yours sure all, all power to you, like, go do that. But I, I, I'm willing to bet most of those people aren't really taking the time to think about what they're actually trying to do. And actually, it's not even really their fault. It's the, yeah. it's the fact that that does get views. Yeah. So it's like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you not? Like, you'd have to really think, think about it deeply. Yeah. You know? It's, it's probably more of like a male problem. Like. I don't know. I just feel like it's 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 just interesting, um, and and maybe there's a similar pl- pressure on on people of other genders, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's a very very. Uh, I don't think I have a full thought, but I I, I did feel like it's like oh well, that's sad because when I was that age, at least for me, I didn't I wasn't worried about building like a view count. And 
instead like I was building relationships and yeah and, you're like building your rapport with people yeah and more just rapport sounds kind of like a, a more like a business term, yeah, yeah but like sure. friendships and yeah like, not that they're not doing that but it seems like it takes up a lot of people's like yeah space, headspace right now yeah well it's this switch that i feel like people have since they exist so much more on that online space yeah it's kind of like yeah what their friends are so it's just yeah because that is weird thinking as a if i were to have a daughter how would i would deal with like her taking photos like that yeah because there's parts of it that aren't necessarily bad like sure it's good to have positive self like body image and to think you're beautiful yeah and to want to show off like there's nothing wrong with that like if you're kid was like a beautiful like a wonderful musician you'd want them to show off their musical talent so there's nothing necessarily wrong with showing off your your physical beauty Hmm. and believing you're beautiful but it's weird when like you're thinking of people on the other end Hmm. and how they're interacting with that content so yeah it's it's like or just the motivation is what i'm concerned about because i hear you i think i just keep coming back to like why if you're doing that because of everything you just described yeah i think that's fine but if you're doing it because you want view counts then you you've sacrificed your body for that yeah and you've sacrificed like this image of yourself that other people are going to have access to like so yeah. many people maybe yeah. maybe millions and it kind of changes the perception of you even in the future Mm. And especially now, when we kind of have like a, um, I don't know, like the word, like a call out or like the cancel culture thing. Because it's like sometimes people are looking at stuff way from the past. And it's like, well, yeah, that mm. person's different now. Yeah, so they it's should be like, able to grow out of Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's good to like be aware of when you're posting things. Like, you know, this could be mm-hmm. 10 years from now, like an issue when you go to get your dream job, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, yeah can relate that to like you know how with casting people say i don't know if you know about this but people say that uh you're often casted in a as a role because you yourself already kind of seem like that character oh yeah that makes sense and i've been told on multiple occasions that i am the stoner that they (laughs) would cast for their show or whatever and that's partly because I was such a huge stoner, and prob- yeah. it probably influenced my life, and now it like keeps going into the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, you know, there's a lot to be said about marijuana. I don't think it's a problem, but yeah, uh, it certainly was something I wasn't thinking about when I was that young. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it actually connects because th- this is something that popped in my head when I was talking about stuff. It was like um, when I was younger how my dad dealt with marijuana with me. I remember we were walking like the dog or something down or going down the street mm-hmm. and he was talking about marijuana and he was saying, it's not bad. It's not like some evil thing, but like, it's just one of those things that can become a crutch. Like if someone, if people are using it a lot for whatever reasons, like it's just a crutch, yeah. like anything that's you're externally using mm-hmm. can become a crutch. And that's just not, always the best like you should we should strive not to have crutches mm. and i just remember like 
That's badass. Yeah, I definitely, like, as a parent, I always want to try to do that as much in the future. As, I was just thinking, because when I mentioned how that woman was dealing, that yeah. mother was dealing with her daughters. Yeah. Cause it wasn't chastising it. It was just more like... Right, right, right. Yeah, like, if you want to take, you know, thong butt shots, you can't. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But just know the mm-hmm. implications. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's like you're giving someone consigned to set, consent. Yeah. That's how I feel about a lot of things right now with kids. I think that's probably because I'm getting to an age where I could become a father soon. Yeah. Is like, what are the implications of that? It, yeah. What are the implications of, of hours on end watching YouTube videos? What are the implications of, and and the specific what what are the implications of hours on end watching this type of YouTube video versus this type of YouTube video? And yeah. like, just communicating that. I think is important because it's. I like the way your dad did that because I feel like. You know, love my mom, but she she was like, "That's bad. Don't do that." Yeah. And. Then there was this guilt around marijuana and. Uh, and a rebellious thing too for a lot yeah. of kids. It's like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. I, I'm gonna do that. Like I'm feeling rebellious against the system. Right. So I'm gonna do that, and I'll do it a lot because this system seems crazy. And you say it's bad, mm-hmm. but the system seems messed up. I'm just gonna go and do it. And that's what I was thinking about. I wasn't, but I wasn't thinking about the ramifications of smoking a lot of weed. Yeah. Which your dad helped you think about. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I necessarily thought about those things, but it's just like, it was, it, it's probably, it, maybe at some point it helps me. Never explicitly, mm-hmm. but just like, I was like, thinking back on it as an adult, mm-hmm. and thinking of that conversation and remembering, it's like, oh, that's a good way to handle it, because I didn't feel, because I was like, I can remember rationalizing, being like, yeah, but, like, everyone says marijuana is evil, but it's like, it doesn't seem that bad, mm-hmm. and... Alcohol's legal, like is legal, mm-hmm. and the government profits off the taxes and stuff. But it actually, I've seen it cause a lot of issues. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's that confusing thing. So yeah. it's like, so. wait. So what? Is, will you reiterate what your dad said? Well, just how he was saying, like you know, it's not bad in itself yeah it's just how you if you if you end if up you using it all the time crutch, yeah, then yeah, it becomes yeah. a crutch and it's just like having a crutch is a mm-hmm. bad thing mm-hmm. which i guess because i do think of that sometimes when i drink too much coffee and mm-hmm. i feel i'm getting addicted to coffee like yeah. I, if i don't have it i feel weird i'm like oh okay this is now a crutch yeah like, it's something I have to... I have to walk now with this crutch. Yeah. And sometimes it's really helpful, but when it becomes... Yeah. This thing that you need, it's like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. That's, that's like, I need to be careful of that. Yeah. I can do that with ice cream. And it starts to feel weird if at the end of the day I'm not eating ice cream. It's like... And yeah. that's weird, because it's like... You'd be fine if you don't eat it. Yeah. You'd be fine. You'd take a breath. You'd, like, just chill. Yeah. But you, there's this, like, I need to. And I'm grateful that it's just ice cream. Like, I used to have attachments to crazy, sh- yeah. you know, worse things. But it's, yeah, crutches in general. There's yeah. something to be said, though. There's, like, a middle ground, I think. Like, yeah. I agree with, well, sometimes I hear people say, like, you know, you you eat that bowl of ice cream 
so you don't shoot yourself in the head because this world's fucked up and yeah. like you need to have a pleasure here and there yeah but then there's the other side that's like is it becoming so much of a habit that you feel like you have to do it yeah to be just to have a day yeah and yeah like oh i do this is cool this is, this is a cool conversation in general like so my dad gave me that conversation yeah the way I would progress that would be to mention that as well. It'd be like, you know, well, this thing isn't isn't necessarily good or bad. Mm-hmm. It can become a crutch, mm-hmm. and any kind of crutch you have is like, it'll become just a habit, and it's just something you'll have to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not as as helpful, but like you can use things at a certain dosage or a certain amount of anything can be helpful, mm-hmm. and you just have to be aware where is it helpful. Where is it hurting? Where is it a crutch? Mm-hmm. Where is it just not necessary? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I would like yeah. expand on that and pass that on. And then hopefully, yeah, if I have children, they'll expand on that and pass that on mm-hmm. to make it even a better statement. Yeah. Mm. But it's interesting. You were, it's, it's funny. You had to think about stuff. Like you were saying, like thinking about the implications of being on the screen all the time. Like, yeah. Cause that has a deeper meaning it has like a deeper thing that happens. That's very new too. Like yeah. we don't even know much about there. Are, there are like psychologists like working on what it, these new terms that were coming up with like, um, uh, what was the one? It's like, related to like comparative depression from social media yeah or something like that um but like yeah just these things we we don't know yet and we're gonna learn as we go yeah and it's not to say that all of it's bad i i definitely contend towards being a little negative minded around social media and like too much technology technology yeah because i i see that and in a sense i think technology and social media is the reason why there's a movement happening right now towards towards social justice because like we see you can take your video from your 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 camera from your pocket yeah and film something happen and uh and then send it out to the world yeah especially when you have like really nice camera phones like my new lg phone baby (laughs) used on ebay we're not sponsored by lg just for the record or ebay well, we kind of are sponsored by eBay. Yeah, that's true. On Tuesdays. Yeah, on Tuesdays. And it's not Tuesday, so. So, yeah, it was just an un- unnecessary plug. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, so there's good and bad. And, you know, let's talk about your accountable tasks. Yeah, so my accountable tasks one was to, um, to complete the homepage on the website, which I did work towards it and now I have a vision for what I need to do to complete it Mm. so that's good and I made a list of everything like all the pages I want on the website and then what will go into them Mm -hmm. so I got that done um I found it or wait and then I'll just say the last one and then the last one was to figure out some maybe like YouTube videos or just things explaining how like the government functions like all the levels of it and how it interconnects and then start learning how i can join into that or affect it and that one i got into a little bit um i found it was definitely difficult there was no on all the streaming like 
outlets. There was definitely no show or like an interactive kind of entertaining educational thing mm-hmm. about government. But if you try outside of YouTube next time. Yeah, well, no, it was just like on like oh. Hulu, Netflix, Amazon. Like just looking oh. at like, are there like documentaries yeah, on yeah, like yeah. government? Okay. Um, or just like history of different governments and like yeah. stuff. And there wasn't that much stuff, which was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. okay. Well, you could see why. Cause it's kind of dry stuff unless it's yeah. done right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely, I need to spend more time with that. And I didn't spend super a lot of time with the website. I've just been like getting so much home projects done. And trying to really, because during this uh, coronavirus, and right now as a teacher, I am on my summer break, and I'm trying to utilize my time, like, as best as I can. Mm-hmm. And I've been, like, just going down to, like, the bare bones of how I organize, like, lot, like just, like, even my days. Because some days I try to plan out what would a perfect day look like, mm-hmm. and actually write it on paper. Or what's the best morning routine and like actually try them out. Um, and just, I've been like reorganizing the house, getting rid of a bunch of stuff. Mm. I was super inspired by Marie Kondo, the the Japanese like organizational woman. Mm. And it's just cool. Like you like touch everything and like think like, do mm-hmm. I need this? Is it like changing me? Do I need it in the future? Things mm-hmm. like that. And then you thank it for having it. Because if if you don't like that thing or you don't like that type of clothing, it taught you that you don't like it. So then you don't need to have those things in your life. And it's mm. like, like yeah. I think my, my my mom had gone through that process at one point. Yeah, she wrote a book that was super famous. Yeah. I remember, like, it came out probably four years ago or five years ago, and I, I had a bunch, or maybe it came out way before that, but it was popular at that point, and. I had a few co-workers who did that process. Yeah. And I remember when they said it, I was just like, I'm definitely not ready for that. Like, I, that's, like, yeah. such a big process. But I was like, that, I yeah. want to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's Me like, too, yeah. Cool, because I feel like we have so many, we have so much material and things that it's not always beneficial. It's like... Yeah. And it's maybe sometimes the only block is that ceremonial practice of letting it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that. I feel like she sets up this, like, situation where you can appreciate something as it's leaving your life. Yeah. Because sometimes people just don't, they're like, well, I don't use that, but it's, you know, I have sentimental value or whatever. Um, yeah. But is it just adding clutter to your life? And minimalism, we now see is, like, for some people at least, really beneficial. Yeah, it seems like whatever... Like, because minimalism for one person is different than another person. But just being more minimalistic seems, like, like it seems to just be more beneficial. Because it's like, you're getting down to just what is really matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been interesting, because for me, learning about the government is figuring out, like, the systems that govern things. Mm. And so, like, my big focus... I think I've been able to start thinking about the systems that govern things and wanted to be involved in it because I'm working on um, creating more balance and harmony within my personal just systems. Mm. And it's interesting. I, I feel this is something with being wellness, I, I'm going to create content around this and like talk about it because I noticed for me, I was like growing up as more hippie leaning and definitely people would call me a hippie. Mm-hmm. And... I had a 
anti-materialistic materialism. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I would, like, not... I would have specific material Mm -hmm. that I deemed as less materialistic. Mm. You know, like, I wouldn't get the polo shirt or I wouldn't get certain shoes because of that. But But you'd get the Wu-Tang shirt or the, you know... Yeah, or, or like, the iPath shoes Mm -hmm. or skateboarding stuff. You know, like... Yeah. And it's funny, it's it's just another form of that. And... What I was, what I've been going back and as I've been like thinking about what, what clothes do I actually want to wear and what emotions are they going to evoke? It's like I was missing on this alchemistic opportunity to really think what clothes do I wear? What colors do I wear? How do those colors make me feel? What Mm. fabrics do I like? Mm. What are the cuts of the shirts? Like what cut feels the best on my body? Mm. What makes me feel the most comfortable? How do clothes change how I feel? Like, if I dress up more, do I feel more, like, formal or more, like, put together? Mm-hmm. Or, like, all these different things. And it's interesting how, you know, you could view someone with the same... They could have both the same thing. And one person could be doing it in somewhat of, like, a vain way. Mm. And someone could be doing it in an intentional... Like, if you ask them, why do you have that shirt? Mm-hmm. and they can tell you exactly why and it's funny like I wasn't able to see that before but there's like a beauty in that mm-hmm. because it's like it's not necessarily just being like it's like not matter what you have or what you look like but it's like why do you have those things why do you look like that why is that your appearance mm-hmm. and like you get have someone who's like a hippie and they're being just as materialistic as like mm-hmm. The woman with the Gucci bag and Louis Vuitton things. Mm-hmm. and Because they have the hand-knit bag or whatever, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, I have the local this or that. Which, yeah. I mean, I think is better. I cannot, like, it's good to, sure. like, we need, there needs to be more focus on local economies. But, like, then the issue is when you as that person, because I noticed I did this myself, is having that, like, oh, well, I have the local hand-knit backpack and then you kind of judge those other mm, people, and who it's don't like, have it, yeah. and you're judging them, like, and then those people are like, oh, I have the Gucci sandals, mm-hmm. like, well, look at this guy over here, mm-hmm. you know, walking around barefoot, and it's like we're all just judging each other on this surface level, yeah, and no one's asking each other like, why? Well, why? Like, why do you have that? And it might be like you might hear this beautiful story, and you're like, mm-hmm. dude, like. I wish I had a piece of clothing I had that kind of connection to. Mm-hmm. Does this rate, relate for you and in, into other like areas of life too? Are you? Is it this kind of like a metaphor? Sort of, yeah. I feel like I've been going back into the systems of like everything I do. Like, what clothes do I have? Like, how I organize my things. Like, mm-hmm. how do I put things away? Mm-hmm. Um, are my things clean? and neat and orderly like am I is the stuff I have well thought out Mm -hmm. you know like like just like working with musicians going back to an artist perspective like some musicians like they're gonna throw all their cables in a bag Mm -hmm. and it's like whoa you know that like you're gonna pull that out and it's gonna be this crazy I don't even know like double helix DNA Mm -hmm. strand from like universal god androids you know it's like gonna be like this yeah, crazy knot yeah. it's like how did that even happen yeah and then there's other musicians who are gonna use like 
put each cable in a bag or they're going to have spe- like the nice Velcro. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, I noticed he had like the Velcro stuff to organize it. And yeah, it's like, but what's funny is I have that Velcro stuff because I have a history of the cable in a bag method. Yeah. And then you just spend hours untangling and it's so unorganized. And, and the cables I don't think last as long when you're doing that too. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's better care and it's more intentional than when you have a system in place. Yeah. So it's like, for me, what I'm noticing, it's like, if I'm going to be a democratic citizen, if I'm going to try to affect change in the system, and my systems are bad, like I'm like, I'm a speaker, but then I throw all my, like I'm a speaker, public speaker for events, but then I throw all my cables just in a bag, Hmm. and they just get all tangled up. It's like, I was missing an opportunity in that moment to practice having like an organized harmonious system is it my inclination is to think that then actually it starts with something else like it starts with an internal practice and then your external environment starts to change and then you know so on and so forth yeah for sure do you think or maybe it's a little of both it's like a little both because i notice um i usually do a morning qigong practice and lately while i've been reorganizing the house and like painting and moving stuff around so it's like at some point certain rooms will just be like all right this is this room's gonna look horrible but it's just gonna be the drop zone like Mm -hmm. anything that doesn't have a place we're just gonna put it here Mm -hmm. and then actually deal with it but it's like it's difficult to be in that room you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i've been noticing lately i've been doing less of my qigong Mm -hmm. and sometimes i'll be like oh man i don't even know what to do so i'll just be like all right i'm gonna drink some tea and I'm just going to start working on putting this stuff back. Mm. And, like, during that process, you also calm your mind. Mm. But there's also, like, maybe if I even did the Qigong then did that, it would be even better. You know what I mean? Like, mm. But I think it's a mixture. It's like... Yeah. They build together. Yeah. Or it's like these external practices of even just cleaning your room is an opportunity to have an experience and a practice using the skills you gained from an internal practice. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you start being able to be calm and organized and like, um, like systematic. I don't know. That's maybe that's the right word. Like have like a process for how you do things in your mind. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a negative thought, you throw it through a process. Like, does this make sense? Do I actually believe this thought? Does it support me in my life? Does it hurt people? Like, Mm -hmm. you might have a process, and it's like, I almost feel it's like when you practice organizing and putting things through a process, it it supports all other activities that are through a process. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and also, if you do that externally, it can help you with internal... Internal, yeah. uh, Processing. I, I, we were just talking about this. Like, I feel like if I'm going to make art or, or even meditate or, uh, do Tai Chi or Qigong or anything, yeah, anything really, if I start by cleaning my space, it's always better. Like, yeah. I, I always feel like I'm less distracted and more in the moment of whatever I'm doing. Yeah. And it's not even, I, don't, I wonder what that is, because I'm curious, because, like, it's not, 
it's not as if seeing the stuff around i don't think seeing the stuff around makes me like anxious as much as the energetic feeling of it around yeah or something like that you know what i mean i'm, I'm not really sure yeah yeah i don't i don't know what that is yet like i do want to study feng shui more yeah because i feel like we all like the same thing with qigong a lot of those very old arts of any culture, but I, I've studied specifically like older Asian cultures. Um, it's like you 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 naturally do qigong. Like when you wake up in the morning and you yawn and you raise your arms, like yeah. that's a qigong posture. Mm. It's a qigong posture because the qigong masters like observed it's like oh the body wants to do that. Mm. Why does the body want to do that? Then they thought what happens like that's an invigorating pose. That's why you do it when you wake up. So it's like okay, doing that move mm -hmm. increases chi flow. It's invigorating. Mm. You know, it's like they observed a direct experience and then just they pull it out to use it in a controlled way. Mm. And the same thing, like, I've been in some people's houses, and it's like, you you don't know why. You know, like, you couldn't tell, you, you might not be able to tell someone why it doesn't, certain things don't flow well, but you feel it. It's like, mm -hmm. oh. Mm -hmm. But then you're in some spaces, and you feel super inspired. Mm -hmm. And you might not be able to say why, but you feel it. You, like, you can sense it. Mm-hmm. Mm Cause it's interesting, like like you're saying, like because I know it's the same thing. If I'm gonna do art, or I'm gonna write, or meditate, or work out, if the space is clean, it's like you can do it easier. Yeah. And it's not like the like something being on the floor, even you don't even bothers you, but it has some kind of. I almost feel like it's it's when things are away and clean. It's more of an energy thing, right? It feels like you can breathe. Yeah. Maybe the more space, like there's more space. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Or that there's just nothing you have to do. Yeah, maybe that's it, yeah. I mean, maybe that's what people are getting at when they say, like, if you want to change the world, make your bed. It's like, you can change the world when you're not thinking about your bed anymore. When you're not like, yeah. worried about... And that that feels metaphorically, like, internally, like... Have you dealt with your anxiety? Yeah. Have you dealt with your your depression? Not to, not to say those things are easily just it's boom done, yeah. but that if has it become a practice so that then you can go out into the world uh, with like a centered uh, demeanor and and help and actually help? Yeah, because when you go out into the world and you're not taking care of yourself. Uh, you're not helpful. <laughs> yeah. To the world. Yeah. You can't even, yeah, you can't even take it in. It's like, I feel this is a thing that's happening now. And that's kind of like why, like, um, I almost feel like I wasn't able to spend the time to look into the government thing and the systems. Cause like, oh, like I'm working. Like your so house isn't even. Yeah. My systems yeah. right here aren't set and I need yeah. to just do that. Yeah. And there's also this part that's like, while I was cleaning, I could have been learning more about the government. And this is something I, I see, like, legit, just, like, definitely tangibly happening with people. It's like you are intaking information mm. you're just not at all ready for. Mm. It's like, um, it's like I would be, if I, like, 
don't even have the system in place to process like the issues in the government because there's like serious issues out there or police brutality like if you don't have the ability to process that and then be able to reflect on it and then actually do something tangible to help with it whether it's writing poetry making art talking to people uh protesting enacting change like writing new uh new policies and getting them signed like having some kind of thing that you do Mm -hmm. i could see like taking in all that pain that's just happening in the world and all like the destruction and if you if you're not ready for that it's like you're just going to be shell-shocked and you have like no clue what to do Mm. like i was just thinking like imagine like um say like a navy seal if they got dropped into a situation and it was like uh, like just like a horror scene of like violence Mm-hmm. they would actually have a response. Like, they would be like, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And they'd, like, start actually trying to enact, like, a peaceful situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, us, we don't have any kind of idea. We Like, we would just, like, probably be shell-shocked and, like, maybe even just frozen. Or just, like, maybe we'd even just pass out from, like, just, like, the utter despair. Because, like, we don't have the process in place to, like, okay, this is what I need to do, and then this, and then this, and this, mm-hmm. and I can try to enact change. And it's, like, because I notice with people, it's, like, people are freaking out about what's happening in the world, and it makes sense. But then it's, like, I don't, I, like, some sometimes I see people, like, it's, like, they're in such a frenzy. It's, like, I start to worry, like, is that healthy for you? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like you have the means to be able to process what's happening, and like deal with it it's like it's so intense and like you don't have the means to like i think we had kind of talked about this like you were talking about how hannah was saying that with like a somatic like some kind of be able to like whoa like this is happening yeah we were talking about um the ability to grieve something before you take action yeah though yeah and which i agree with like I think a lot of white people tend to be like, like myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's been said yet, but I'm white. <laughs> um, <laughs> tend to like experience something that they didn't know was happening. Yeah. And instead of going to the part where they deal with it internally by grieving, yeah. by by really feeling what's happening. Yeah. As if almost, it seems like almost a form of escape from that. They want to take action right Mm. away. And they're taking action from an ungrounded, from a place where they don't fully understand themselves. They don't fully understand how they play a role in the problem. Yeah. You know, all of those things. Uh, And it's a little different from what you were just saying, but I, I think they relate. Like, if you don't, react in a poor way if you react poorly you might find yourself in a situation that you're not prepared for yeah but if you're really trying to and i need to work on this too if you're really trying to first of all listen to black people listen to people of color listen to marginalized groups that have been going through this these forms of oppression to understand what actions actually matter. Yeah. But also, um, 
don't just burn out on doing as much as you can when then now you're not useful anymore. And like, yeah, you need to, there needs to be a cycle so that it's consistent and sustainable. Yeah. That's how I feel. And that's how I feel based on experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need to be able to come back, feel, feel your feelings, do something that makes you whole and then go out again. Yeah. And do the action and understand the action yeah. more, more from a holistic yeah. point of view. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I was trying to say. You you worded it very well. It's like like if like it's like being able to see a problem, feel it and like create a solution. Yeah. And it's like that's why I've been focusing so much on my own systems cuz it's easier to practice. Like if you make your bed, there's a problem, it's messy. When it's made, it actually looks better and more inviting and more comfortable. So it's like those are all positive traits. Feels more comfortable. When Feel, you get yeah, in. like when you jump on it and it's like on a on like a on a blanket that's laid out, it's like it just feels better. So like yeah. those are all benefits for a bed. And if every morning you make your bed, you're practicing like recognizing a problem, feeling it. Because you're feeling it, you're choosing to make a change. You're doing it, and you're doing it in a sustainable way, like. If you, like, I don't, I make my bed, but it's quick. Mm -hmm. Like, I know some people could probably do it, like, in a luxury hotel style and fold. You know, like, you could yeah. do it in an unsustainable way. Mm. But then you, you practice finding what is your sustainability. Like, yeah. some people, it might be three minutes making their bed. For others, one minute, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, when there's so many big world issues, we, like, just need to be able to practice. Here's a problem. This is what it feels like. This is how I can deal with it, and I'm gonna feel. This is how I feel like after. Yeah, and know that you're gonna make mistakes too. I think is yeah. important. Like, I can relate it to filmmaking. Like, hope that movie that was, uh, for me, like a, a my political reaction to Trump being elected as president, and then and a rise in like, um, I wouldn't say a rise in in. Uh, in like white supremacy and neo-nazi views mm -hmm. but a rise in the exposure of those things because people started to feel like it's okay to come out in the streets and do yeah. it yeah um right so uh but i i could have looked at that film as like i have to make sure i don't say anything as an artist that's controversial or like that I have to make sure I don't say anything as an artist with this film that is is actually wrong like I actually I, I recognize a mistake in that film and that the main character who is a black woman has like magical powers and mm -hmm. you actually if you go back there's like the mystic that's like a black character mm -hmm. that's been overly like stereotyped mm -hmm. right so i made a mistake but the making of that film was really important for me and to show my community uh because of certain statements i feel that i was making it and I, i'm sorry about the stereotype that i had continued and i and i recognize that what i'm trying to say is sustainability to me is not waiting till there's the perfect thing that you can do to go out into the world either yeah like like with the bed like i feel like that movie was like a three-minute bed yeah that movie could have been 
a 20 minute make your bed experience yeah so that i made sure like i checked myself on everything yeah um but i i don't think actually for me that's sustainable because i would have actually stopped even trying yeah um and i think we have to remember that making mistakes is like one of the biggest ways you can learn yeah and what everyone can actually sustainably accomplish is different you know Mm -hmm. like we're not all gonna be politicians Mm. like that's not a job i ever want like that's just so like i can't even imagine the stress of being the like the president of the united states like that's i can't even imagine like that's just crazy Mm -hmm. waking up and being like whoa i'm the i'm like the figurehead Mm. of the free world you know like of like the new world because it's like america's the newest culture and like this long hit it's like yeah it's such a crazy thing yeah. I don't. I mean, that's actually a job I don't think anyone can sustainably accomplish, and it just can't be done mm. well. Like there should be more like a group of. I don't know. I yeah. I'm starting to feel like there should be a lot of local, more emphasis on local leadership than one person doing a wide. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think one person. I, I'm. I'm to this point where I'm like, one person shouldn't be the president of the entire country. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like you could have one person be ahead of different departments that they specialize in yeah but like i mean and then it's also weird because i mean the president's more somewhat of a figurehead position they do have certain powers that right but they kind of act as a puppet to sort of to an administration yeah yeah they they yeah and then like those roles exist but the president assigns those roles yeah so then it doesn't have to be a specialized person. Remember, like, he kept putting into the um, house, like, all these people that were yeah. terrible for the position. Yeah. So no, it's, like, no. a very fucked up... I mean, it's always been kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. Like, and needs a lot of work. And yeah. Needs to be changed. And I that's why I'm excited by what we're talking about. Is like, okay, how can we be accountable to each other so that we're actually, like, doing things... Productive to try and yeah. change um uh i was thinking for next week i want to for my civil i'm just going to call it for now for lack of better terms we haven't thought of anything but my civil accountable task yeah civil accountability or something yeah to um learn my rights when in when interacting with a police officer Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Because, I'll tell you why. I think, I this is my opinion right now, Could it could change. I'm happy to hear other ideas. Maybe your idea, maybe ideas from, from someone who's marginalized. But I think white people should start stepping into cop interactions with black people. Mm-hmm. And uh, just say like, how's it going like is there anything wrong is something you know like i like the other day i drove past i was driving on the highway so i was going pretty fast so by the time i like sort of like processed what was happening i was like i don't know now i'm way down the road and i don't know what what was happening yeah i only saw a moment but i think i probably on another occasion if it was a different street and i was going slower i would pull over the problem is i don't know my 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 rights 
with interaction. I know some of them. Yeah. With interaction with the police. I want to know them front and back. Yeah, and know what the police can and can't do. Because right. then you can actually be... Yeah. Because I... what I... What, I'll just finish. What I uh, pulled past was a black man with... He was cuffed, and there's two cops around him. Yeah. Right? And he probably... He maybe could have been guilty of something, but I just felt like I'd never see, I never roll past a situation where a white man's cuffed by the side of the road. I, I mean, it happens probably. I mean, obviously, yeah, you might not obviously it, it happens, but, yeah. but I'm just saying like, there is a chance, a good chance that that person didn't do anything really like even illegal in that moment. Yeah. Based on what we've been learning. As, especially recent, especially yeah. recently, it seems that they've even amplified yeah. their discrimination. Right. So, as a white person, you could pull over and not with an attempt to heighten tension between, but to be a, a, a white person on ready to, like, help the situation yeah if, if possible but i i wouldn't want to do that without knowing the rights first for and sure then, and then no, right like what you said knowing what the police can can or cannot do yeah and i'd probably start filming right away too because that guy didn't have anyone filming yeah what's going on that's a that's a tricky one because i think filming is triggering for police yeah i think it's just important to like for us not like um I feel there's so many things wrong with police, but also like I still I still feel you always have to approach people with respect, and like the fact that because they do have such a terrible job, like it's just designed poorly, like because mm. they just deal, they do a bunch of stuff they shouldn't even be doing, like the traffic stuff. Like lately, there's been a bunch of construction near my house, so uh-huh. there's tons of cops is putting construction. It's like in New Hampshire, just have a traffic light, and it's mm. cheaper, and it's like. You did. They get paid double time to do that. Do yeah, you know? and it and it's like yeah, and that stuff's like crazy because it's literally it's like, first off, it's just not efficient. Like a traffic mm. light is better. Mm. Just like it costs less money, doesn't use that much stuff, and then it's also like, I'm sure they're kind of happy because they get paid more, but it's a little, I would imagine, kind of demoralizing. Like, like, like you're just there all day, just like okay, you guys can go, you guys stop. Okay, you guys can go, and it's like realistically people could figure that out for themselves anyways Mm. or if there's cones it's like i've been at ones where it's just like it's not even they're stopping people they're just there there's two cops is there because the road changes a little bit it's like are we really like Mm. to the point that we need like adult supervision just so i can follow some cones you know what i mean like yeah that's just crazy but then also it's like they deal with terrible people or not, I'm not going to say terrible. They deal with people in distress a lot, too. Yeah. Who may be violent or yeah. on drugs or different things. Uh-huh. So I think it's, it's important that when we approach them, like, we approach them with that respect because we don't want them to be heightened. Because the thing mm-hmm. is, like, if you approach them and you're kind of, like, filming or doing something or saying speaking in a certain tone or a way, like, that could make them heightened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I feel like... But what you're saying, I think, is awesome. I feel, yeah, I agree with you. I, I that I wouldn't want to 
make a heightened situation. One idea, I think it was actually Hannah, my partner, who thought of it was like, well, what if you walk up and you you pretend to know the guy that's being arrested? Yeah. And say, whoa, man, like, how's it going? Are you okay? And like, I'm just like trying to understand that in these scenarios that we've seen play out, there's a there's a black victim yeah with white cops usually white um i think with george floyd it wasn't all just white cops but um the certainly the person who fucking put his knee down was a white man um and my my point is is it helpful for white people to enter that situation Or not, I, you know, because if a black person's trying to help the black person being being oppressed in a violent way, I don't think I don't know that that would if it's a if it's clearly a racial problem, yeah. they're not going to help the situation. Yeah. Um, but can white people help? And then yeah. George Floyd in the video, actually, there is. I think she seems to be white. She's like. Um, trying to say like check his pulse he's not even breathing yeah or he's not yeah he's unconscious and you still have your knee down on him like yeah you need to check his pulse and he just threatens to mace her so yeah I I don't know I think there's different responses for different situations I think going back to the situation where you saw a black man handcuffed and there's two police officers with him I think walking up it's fine in saying something like, oh, excuse me, officer, given the current climate mm-hmm. and everything that's happening, I'm just, I'm just like checking in, just, I, do you mind if I ask you, like, what this man did? Mm. And something like that, like, trying to be, like, not too polite, but being polite, you know what I mean? Not being, Well, you like, have to. Yeah. You can't come up and be, like, that's the problem. You can't come up and be a normal human who's concerned. You can't be, like... Dude, are you okay? Like, are they doing anything to you? Because then, yeah, they'll be triggered and they'll yeah get, like, worried. Yeah. I'm sure, like, they'll get worried, right? Like, we're yeah. talking about, like, people who deal with traumatic yeah, for sure. situations all the time. Yeah, but that's just, like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, that it's a good thing that you have to be like, oh, excuse me, officer, do you mind? Like, no, things, I know, like, I know. But I'm just, like, given the reality that they are, like, they're training is so minimal to, like, things that they do have to face. Because, like, I think most of the time the police are called for things that just don't, like, make literally no sense for the police. But then if you think of things, like, legitimate things that police have to do, mm. like, even if we if we minimize the police force, which I think could be beneficial, like, minimize the people, increase the, tr- like, the actual training, because they're going to have to deal with, like, you know, I remember when I was in middle school, I won't get into super detail, but there was a crazy father ended up killing the wife and was died in a shootout down the street from me. And like, you know, like the police do need to deal. Like there Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. like, you know, crazy people. And it's like, that's Mm -hmm. such a crazy situation. Mm -hmm. So like, I think partly they shouldn't, they shouldn't be going to all these other things where it's like a really like, kind of a non-violent part like it's just like there should be someone else who deals with that yeah 
Because right now their training is mainly on violence. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. most of their training is on like guns and stuff like that. Like they're not really dealing with like conversational, yeah. like crisis prevention and intervention. So it's like because of the, their training is in violence, you have to like approach them thinking like, all right, this person is trained to just see threats and kill them. Mm-hmm. Like, re- I mean, realistically, it's not good, but like. You just have to know. That's just a reality. Yeah. At so this you're moment. suggesting there's. I feel like that's what the abolish the police. We can get behind it because it's it's not. I don't think to me it doesn't seem that. Okay. Well, first of all, it seems like in different communities it can be something different because different communities need different things. For sure. Yeah. But also, you could look at it as just a dismantle to then reconstruct, right? Like. There could, I feel like there could be a special squad or whatever that deals yeah. with the guy who's threatening to kill his own wife in the house yeah. scenario, right? Yeah. And then there's... That's like, that's police. Like, that's like... Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. And then there's like community organizers that don't have guns at their side. Yeah. That are like, hey, like, you didn't pay your parking tickets. You know, like... Yeah. We where you're being held accountable to yeah. the community, you know there are, there are just and then there's the EMTs that get called when someone faints, you know. Yeah. Uh, or you I, could have drunk squad like people who yeah. are like kind of funny and personable to deal with drunk people and they're like right. angry at McDonald's and they come in and be like yeah. oh how you doing and like they shoot the shit with them and like yeah. get them an Uber or like right or or maybe they have a car like a yeah drunk squad car because the people who are being trained to to take down a threat or shouldn't be the people who are yeah i know it's too much they shouldn't be the people who are dealing with a drunk person yeah because the thing is there needs to be clear signs like um for example if you see and this say like uh, this is going into a different place but say pit bulls people approach pretty much all pit bulls differently you know what i mean because they have like this perception about them yeah but then there's also like there i've seen dogs that are like legitimate fighting dogs Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like and when you see that dog, it's like you actually have to approach it differently. Like you have a responsibility, like the owner and the and the people in control of it have a responsibility to keep that dog like mm-hmm. in certain things. But you have a responsibility for your own personal safety mm-hmm. to interact with that dog in certain ways. And the same thing with the police. Like if the police, like there should be people who are in the position to be like internal affairs military to Mm -hmm. deal with people who are going crazy Mm. and like with those people like you should approach them differently because they are Mm. because the person who can go to a murder scene or all these things that they have to see and cope with it is a different person than most people yeah so it's like you kind of have to give them a certain amount of respect because those people are going to be more violent like Mm. just like if you're going to ask someone to and like go to murder scenes like you have to you have to like expect them to be a little bit messed up and you Mm. have to give them that respect like like warriors back in the day would have a certain amount of respect Mm. and also the warriors and like if you were like if you were in charge of your group of warriors like you had a expectation to keep them like reined in too Mm. So it's like a both thing. Like the police system needs to be like reining people in and like actually controlling people. But it's like we should be approaching these people with a certain format because it's like we're also asking them to deal with these situations. Mm-hmm. Unless like I and I actually do believe 
as a people, we should learn more martial arts and things like that so that yeah. we can actually help police each other. Yeah. And it's like, if there's like a crazy drunk guy outside, like causing damage, like if you're trained in martial arts and you feel comfortable, like you're not going to be worried about that guy attacking you and you'll be able to like calmly talk to him. Hmm. But then say if you have to like physically get involved with him, if you know some like jujitsu, like you just need to know simple stuff and you can just kind of hold him in a position mm-hmm. that's not good. And then like someone just, you kind of hold him there, talk with him for a little bit and let him go. And like that could be the end of it. And, like, no police even needs to be involved. Mm-hmm. So I feel like people people should, we should focus on being able to police ourselves better. Mm-hmm. But there are those, like, random outlier crazy people. And, like, I don't want to have to, like, deal with, like, my neighbor, like, some neighbor I have going crazy and trying to kill people in his family. It's, like, if, yeah. I, if I have to. yeah. Then I like I'll will step in, but like I definitely don't want to feel any kind of response. I I have no problem having a responsibility for like drunk people on the street. Yeah. But like that person with the gun trying yeah. to kill people in his family, it's like I actually do want someone who has a job to deal with that. Yeah. And like, so it's like it's weird when you get into police. And it well and in our communities, well you've moved to Lynn. I live in Gloucester. I agree with you, and there, there's probably something to be said. Like I wish there was a, there's someone here to speak on behalf of like their community where there's uh, gang violence. Because like I think it seems from what I've been learning that you know the overarching system is the reason for gangs to exist in general, and Definitely. then. The police get called, and it's, like, another form of a gang at that point. Yeah. Being involved. Um, and, like, there are starting to be these these groups, like, in uh, Chicago. I don't actually know how long they've been around. I should figure that out. They're called the Violence Interrupters. And they are exactly, like, basically what you're describing. is They want to police their own yeah. communities. So that police don't have to get involved. So that no no extra amounts of people have to die. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is a thing that martial artists have done for like thousands of years. I mean, that is mm-hmm. like what was the role of the warrior in human society was to be that mm. policing force. And like some of the people I've trained with have like told stories where like they would have two people come to them mm. and he would train them in all this different stuff. And they would they would go to each other's neighborhoods mm-hmm. and like deal with like drug dealers and different people mm. and then go back to the neighborhood so like people didn't they didn't have to do it in their own neighborhood but right, they switched right. yeah so like that is something that like has been happening for a long time yeah and back in like tribal times you know it was it was easier because less people and there was more warriors mm. and like when there was like a, an earl or a king or a chieftain or a tribal leader however the different names we have for them if someone was doing something wrong, like, people could actually deal with all of it, you know? Because, mm. like, you lived in a village. If you were, like, doing bad things to women, someone finds out, mm. you know, you're going to have the the village warriors knocking at your door. Mm. Do you think those warriors are what turned into police? Well, police no, well, in this country started as a, as a racial thing. But. Yeah, but I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, like, but police partially fill a role that would yeah. be... 
that at least in written human cultures have always existed except for when Asar and Aset ruled Egypt. Mm. And that's like, there's like a whole, like, there's lots of stuff about that too. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, unless people are going to do no crazy things, like there has to be some kind of group of people that people can help get help from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think there's an aspect of the police in America that hold an actual human position. Mm. But then saying that, like that warrior should be called for like all these other things when they're not trained for it is just and is they're crazy. tired from the other experiences, right? Like yeah, I I hear about police, like not to necessarily defend the police right now, but I hear about police who like there. What is with like police and doctors having like ridiculous hours? Yeah, it's sad. And then. You know, they can't really deal with the situation at hand because they're just, like, really tired and they're making weird choices because they've just seen people die. Yeah. And just been part of, like, a crazy situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it, again, it's not to, like, defend them, but it's just that's the reality. Like, yeah, I think it's it's good when people are are, like, criticizing the police that they take a step back and they look at everything in that job. Because, like, if you look at what that person has to do on a day-to-day basis, Mm. like, you would feel a little bit more for them. Now, some of them are blatantly, like, racist and terrible people. Mm -hmm. Just, like, there's some mechanics that are blatantly Mm -hmm. terrible people, and they, like, you know, there's just... Yeah. And that's that's definitely not... And the whole system in general is definitely terrible. Like, Mm -hmm. if someone accidentally breaks into a house, like, goes to the wrong house, and they end up killing people... They should be in jail. Like, that's just, like, like, I because I studied a lot of different martial artists, and there's some people who were, like, incredible generals, like, war generals in China, and, like, did all this amazing stuff, you know, or, like, they actually controlled their people. It's like, as a general, why would you want a warrior who breaks into the wrong place and ends up killing people? Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, you should actually, you should want to punish them. Like... The police, like, the system that mm, right. that helps protect the, the police, yeah. it's like, that doesn't make any sense. Because they, they should actually, actually want effective yeah, they're, people. In, but instead they're making less effective people by yeah. being like, you know what, actually you only get like a slap on the wrist for killing that black, innocent black person. Yeah. And, that's, and yeah, uh, and totally. And like, I feel like I, I, I get really upset too when it, I learn of things. They have it so figured out. Like, there are situations where, like in the, I keep using George Floyd, but you could use any of them. If there are any of the scenarios with an innocent black person, like, the, the other police officers that are there never say, maybe we shouldn't do this. Because as soon as they do, then there was, there was like this, uh, you know, I don't know what you would call it, but this like, um, that's this tell tale sign that something could have been done better. Yeah. Uh, they don't speak as the other person is killing, literally killing someone in the street because they can cover their ass. They yeah. know that they shouldn't speak. Yeah. And if, you know, 
in situations where you have yeah like that that's like a a thing where it's like well we want our protectors quote protectors yeah to know how to protect themselves so that when they're dangerous to the community that they're supposed to protect they're protected uh that's just like crazy and you have these scenarios too where the police officers have like multiple counts of doing yeah. something wrong and then they're still in the force or yeah. they didn't they didn't get any sort of suspension or anything yeah and then they're the ones who killed someone yeah and it's like so it's like i have two things i want to say about that it's like one thing is it's like it's the antithesis it's against like the critical thinking and reasoning that came about during like the the enlightenment period in our history and it's like any time so in the case of like the when the other police officers are questioning things and like there's powers against them and maybe they get demoted or like they get fired or all these different things it's like so you have a system that's against questioning mm. like mm. questioning is the backbone of critical reasoning critical reasoning is the backbone of progression you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you can't make something better and more efficient without having questioning. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it's funny. It's almost like, um, like being less efficient is like anti-capitalistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's weird when you have all these things, like, cause you also have like people being against capitalism. And I'm not saying I'm like all for against capitalism, but you have like people against capitalism and, like, complaining about the police, but they're actually kind of being anti-capitalistic in a weird way. You know what I mean? Like, they're lacking the the way, like, how do we make this more efficient and just, like, function better? So, like, by just reiterating, because I think sometimes I do this, I just reiterate the thing that I know is bad instead of questioning how it got there or how to change it. Yeah, because it's like the police force, it's bad that they're doing that because they're not allowing their police force to question things. So that means if you if you stop questioning, you stop progress like you slow. I'm not going to say stop progression, but you slow the rate of progression because mm-hmm. the more you question like, oh, how could I do this better or that or different things like you will grow faster. And then it's funny, too, because people respond to like all this stuff with the police by just like kind of like a like just like let's tear them down Mm -hmm. type mentality instead of just like asking the questions like well why Mm -hmm. why did that person make that mistake it's Mm -hmm. like well they're working crazy hours Mm -hmm. and then the other thing that's crazy it's like the police actually have a system to deal with protecting their you know in quotations protectors because most of the time they're just doing a job that is not for the protector you know yeah and it's like, so there's a system in place to deal with protecting them, but there's no system in place to help them deal with the fact that they're working too long or they saw something bad. And maybe, yeah. maybe that person the day before saw like a terrible murder scene. And then the next day they made that mistake because they're not thinking correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's like they have the system to protect the people after they did something horrible, mm-hmm. which they should be chastising for, for, but they have no system in place to help mitigate the the issue like Mm. what's their system for when you see something bad Mm -hmm. what's your system when you're overtired 
and like surviving off caffeine to continue working mm. you know it's like yeah i think the moral of the story is we both feel that it needs to evolve with humanity yeah. like and maybe it's been stuck in this unquestioned state that goes all the way back to its formation of being a, a slavery catching system like it like when it was that did how much have we really questioned and changed its formality and now we're to this point where it's like people want it abolished people wanted to you know you've gone too far like anytime there's progress it's progress in the way of like more militarization or something that doesn't actually help to like fix the problem but heightens the problem yeah for sure and so like now we're like okay do we take it all down and build something new like or how do we buy a community or i don't even know yeah and it's like like we need to actually be efficient like Mm. and like if we're gonna use money that money should be effective and like like obviously buying like putting more money into education and mental health programs and health and wellness programs Mm -hmm. from like a early age will prevent all those things and if you give more job opportunities like there'll be less issues with gang violence and those things like Medellin in Colombia like um was one of the most dangerous cities that's like where Pablo Escobar is from and it's like it was a rough area Mm -hmm. the city put in like um was it like gondolas like the like the carts that like go like a ski lift but it's big yeah they put in a gondola situation so the people up in like the the shanty towns in the hills can go to the main city center and have jobs Mm. and like just that opportunity, like, giving people an opportunity to actually make money, mm-hmm. like, th- it's, like, it brought down so much of the violence. Because mm. at the end of the day, most people don't want to have dangerous jobs. Like, being a gangster is dangerous. Mm. Like, if you could make money washing dishes versus make money being a drug mule, like, a lot of people are going to choose the dishes. Just because mm. it's, like, being a drug mule is probably terrible. Well, I I don't know. I I see what you're saying, but also you hear about and I don't and I don't know cuz I'm not in a gang or I don't I don't even know anyone in one, but like when you have a scenario where you're not being taken care of it can seem like the gang is the only thing that will be that thing that yeah. helps to take care of you. But I guess if you have a job I don't know because yeah, if you have a way to make the, money, yeah, and the school has more of a deep focus on health and wellness, and there's tons of after-school programs, and if you need community, there's like more martial arts because I think martial I think martial arts is a big one because it hits a lot of factors. Cause it I helps. think it should uh, yeah. Then there should be like some like free. Everybody needs to t- take it. Yeah, because I definitely like. I, I believe there's certain things Phew. that just should just be that is free. We all like yeah. there's free martial art gyms, like they're paid a certain amount of money. Like there is free after like these after school programs and like the people who run those are also paid well. Mm. Like if you take cuz the the budget for police is so big. Mm-hmm. And like they're buying armored cars and all this stuff and it's like there's a certain level that that's can be good. In the in that like, cause 
an invasion. We don't think about this because we there's not been wars really like here in our like there's yeah. the civil war, but we're not in areas like in the Middle East or like in certain areas where there's actually like wars more tangible. Mm-hmm. So like there always needs to be something in place in case like we are invaded. Like mm-hmm. there should be things you know like every city should have a little bit of something Mm. so i get to a certain point but then i've also seen like some some districts that it's like you can tell it's blown out like Mm. they don't need as much stuff as they have Mm -hmm. and if you just take some of that budget and they're using it they like on a daily some or you know with every protest yeah they'll bust it out they'll get their armored car out or i can remember i like when you're doing road work and they have like the big spotlights I remember there was, like, a police spotlight for this thing for road work, and it was on in the middle of the night at, like, Mm. 2 in the morning. No one's around. And it's, like, that's, like, those are dollars Mm -hmm. right now being on that high-powered light. Mm. And it's not much, but it's, like, where's, like, the efficiency, Mm. like, that are involved in, like, these systems? Yeah. It's it's interesting. I'm I'm just, like, referring into the... The capitalism thing. Not because I'm, like, super pro-capitalism, but it's just, like, it's it's something that I'm hearing, like, a lot of anti-capitalistic sentiment. And it's, like, one of those things I feel like, um, just as a person, the way I was, like, raised, I always try to think of, like, a, not a devil's advocate, but just, like, a different approach. Mm. And it's, it's just interesting to me because, like, capitalism should be more about efficiency and like if you have a certain amount of money like making sure you use that money as well as you can Mm. to me seems like a capitalistic concept and it's like when you look at the police and how like they're funded and run it like makes no sense like from a capitalistic perspective especially when like you actually are going to want as many good workers like being like being raised like, you want as many engineers and, like, great thinkers and things being raised. So it's, like, from a capitalistic standpoint, you'd probably... I feel like I would want more money in education mm-hmm. and all these things and supports to make people all better. Because, like, as a nation, if everyone's better, the whole nation's better. Yeah. And the economy should be better, and then you can make more money. It's, like... hmm hmm Yeah, but greed gets in the way, I'm guessing. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Or fear and, yeah, a lot of these things. Yeah. And that's, like, going back to our point before where you're saying, like, you know, like, dealing with your own trauma or dealing with your own things is always such a good thing to do. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just so important because we all have it and we all need to deal with those things. Mm -hmm. I was just recently, um, Cahil Gibran, I I might not pronounce that name correctly, but um, the poet who, or writer and painter who wrote The Prophet, in one of his poems on freedom... It talks about how, and I've mentioned this before, but it talks about how the tyrant, like, before you try to dethrone the tyrant, dethrone the tyrant from your own mind. Mm -hmm. Because the tyrant cannot be in that position while controlling people who are free. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like this idea that, like, Mm -hmm. we all have pieces of these like greed and things in us and like if we can deal with those things then we can Mm -hmm. as a whole like Mm -hmm. break down people who have greed yeah i quit i quit my job uh working in customer service 
But prior to that, I had been in increasing my interest in Tai Chi practices and Qigong practices. And I noticed, I mean, I, ha I have always like meditated regularly and that's helpful too. But uh, in addition to that with Qigong and Tai Chi, uh, I noticed when I would go to work, you know, in customer service, shout out to everyone who's in customer service because you deal with constant just bullshittery, I'm going to say, because people don't understand what it's like to be in that position. Yeah. There are a lot of people who have never had that kind of job, and you can tell because mm. they just treat you like you're scum. Yeah. And so when you're in that position, though, and you've dealt with yourself on a daily pr basis and you're sort of on like the routine of, of like, of like health, mind, body, soul practices. Mm -hmm. It's easier. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but it's easier to arrive at a conflict and say, this isn't about me. Um, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm in my body. I'm standing on the ground. Uh, I can breathe right now. Mm. It's about the other person. They're they and that they you can see that they lose their power, just like you're saying, because they have to then fester in their own problems. Yeah. Because you didn't react. You didn't react from from a place of being like hurt by them because you can't get hurt by them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've you've been you've like dealt with your own self and so you're strong and you're unchangeable in that scenario yeah it's never gonna be it doesn't feel good like but you i used to like make it it used to ruin my whole day if yeah. I, that would happen to me yeah but if if you know in yourself that you're you can always come back to your breath you can always be in a space of of peace yeah and also, everything's temporary. Everything's so, like, fragile anyways. You could die mm. at any moment. Those sort of things to c meditate on are good, too. Because yeah. then you realize, like, if someone's going to come at you with a problem or try to control you, et cetera, et cetera, it's literally impossible for them to. Because what they want is for you to react negatively and to mm -hmm. for you to fester into your own problems. But you don't. And so they end up having to fester into their own. And so it's, like, a very interesting yeah you just watch them like it's not funny i it shouldn't laugh but it, you, when you've been in the in the customer service industry yeah. for a while it, it kind of is yeah no it's that's so, so funny it i had a moment the other day i won't get into too much detail but this uh this guy this landlord um from a mother-in-law of like questionable character uh -huh. i won't i won't use like the derogatory term for this kind of landlord but um, he, like, rolled up in his very expensive car to uh -huh. a building that definitely could use a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, and he came out, and he was just so upset because they were supposed to have left a few days before. Like, they had a whole big issue. And he was just, like, angry and just yelling, and they were getting into a whole fight. And it was, like, kind of just, like, crazy. And it was, there was part of me that I almost wanted to be like, excuse me, man, like, you're coming out of your way late tonight to get like money and a key and it's like why don't you just like text and be like hey this is too late for me you can pay tomorrow now you owe me this much money 
So you actually end up making more money and then you're not even coming down here and wasting all this energy. I was like, cause right now your goal is, pr- it should be to make money. Like, cause that's what you're, that's what you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. what you're angry about. You want a key and money, but it's like, you're actually getting angry at them, fighting, wasting your energy and time that you could be using to make more money. And you're actually fighting to get them to give you less money than if you just said, hey, it's actually too late for you to pay today. You have to pay now for another day. Uh-huh. And then you get more money. It's like, it's. I almost like was going to say, I was like, dude, do you, like, you're mad about money. Mm. But, like, right now you're actually, ca- you're putting this energy towards making less money. Mm-hmm. Whereas you could just say, all right, you're going to pay me tomorrow at this time. And it's, you're going to pay for eight days instead of seven days. Today's too late for you to pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, like my family-in-law probably would be upset about that. But it's also, it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's like, they're, they're kind of like, well, you know, it is. It's nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. We probably should have like given, you know, it's. And it was funny because he was just getting, it was like, the, he was getting so angry. He was like mm-hmm. so pissed. And that, that, that sounds like the problem. It's like, if he hadn't. It seems to me that if he hadn't gotten lost in his emotion of anger around the problem, he would have been able to take a breath and really look at it from a wider perspective, like you're saying. Yeah. Like the, 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 what starts in the, the issue, and again, it comes back to, are you taking care of yourself? Yeah. Like, if you get angry and then so angry that it turns into rage that you can't even control yourself, which happens and it's not even a pro- it's like... We're all human, like, but you can actually learn to, like, and I'm not perfect either, I, I have work to do, like, you can learn, though, to not get so lost into that emotion, and then, and then come at a conflict with, um, with some more, uh, clear-headedness. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it was so funny, because I was just like, it wasn't even that big of a deal. You know, I've had situations yeah. with landlords and they're like, okay, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's fine. Or so, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it's the difference of a day. But it's interesting. Like, I, I've been thinking about this. The way in which we've set out, we've set up, this country has set up, like, values around capitalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like, I, I often talk against capitalism, but... I I don't know that I have too much of a voice there because I, I have more to learn, but uh, it seems to me like there's this mentality that the more dickish you are, the more you'll get what you want. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like yeah. as soon as you start gaining power, you can use that power against people. Mm-hmm. And it's just so sad that it it seems like those who have more quote success uh, financially, which is a whole different topic. Like yeah. I don't I don't think that I don't see that as actual success, um, to an extent. Like I I think being if having enough money is a good thing so that you're happy and and can yeah. But some of those things. money, some of those people with a lot of money aren't happy. So then it's yeah. not successful. No, it's not you know? right. Right. But getting there and seeing that the, there's this, you know, there's the value that's like you're a better person if you have more money. You can, 
do whatever you want. If you have more money, you're going to be happier if you have more money. But to get more money, you have to be a dick and you have to, like, take advantage of other people. That's what it feels like there's this message. And I see some people buying into that. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. It really ruins a lot of things. Dude, and the saddest thing, because I've seen this within myself, is I had to really do a lot of, like, work in my own, like, systems and organizing to be able to deal with this. But it's, like, because of those dicks who excel in that world, Mm -hmm. me as, like, a thoughtful person have excluded myself from entering that world Mm -hmm. and, like, pushing away money as if money's an evil thing. Right, right, right. And it's the issue is because, like, money is not good or bad. It's, Mm -hmm. like, the capacity to create something. They yeah. create change, whether yeah. that's like the change of having the nutrients you need to continue living mm. or something else. But it's like, because the thing is, is those people who are dicks, I guarantee you are not as effective as the people who are turned away by their like dickish ways. You know, because mm. I feel like a lot of artists and people like that have all these interesting ideas and become, are like more efficient with how they use things. Mm. Like, like, that artist who's able to take, like, a $100 and, like, break that down and to be able to, like, li- you know, like, the people who are able to do that, it's like, that person's so efficient with money, they should run businesses because their perspective mm. would just make the business better. Mm. Like, and, I'm, and I'm, when I'm saying, like, it's more capitalistic, I don't know, I haven't read stuff on, like, what capitalism, like, it, like, you know, like, communism versus capitalism or socialism versus capitalism like as economic strategies i'm just thinking like if you were to make more money mm-hmm. as a business you would want to first take away all the all the wasted money because i know for myself with my personal economics like the first thing before i even think about making more money it's like all right where am i spending money on stuff that doesn't make sense mm. like how much money am i spending on like mm-hmm. Uh, seltzer waters and sodas and like little mm-hmm. bags of chips that like don't actually feed me like it doesn't actually do change my day that much but mm-hmm. it's like that's two dollars that day then two dollars you know it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or like if you're a business if you're apple like i would want to invest as much money as i can into the education so then in the future the workforce will be better that mm. you can pull from, which mm. would make your business better. Right. And, like, all these things, it's weird, like... Yeah. And it, I, it, I don't know if that actually is capitalism, but... As far as I understand, capitalism is just a system that's set up that you can... Right? You can build your own wealth. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of like the basis of it. Yeah. It's like a system based on numbers and wealth. Yeah. Um, it relies on a consumer, usually. Yeah. And that's what you're saying, is, like, consumers, if they're happier and have more money, they can buy. And then your business... Can do better. Can do better. And if they're more educated, that means in the future, maybe not when you're running it, but in 50 years, Mm -hmm. the people who join that company will be even better. Mm -hmm. Your company will be even better. Mm -hmm. You'll make an even better product, Mm -hmm. and the populace will be even more well set up and being able to buy it's like and that that comes back to also we put so much emphasis it drives me nuts when a ceo or or just an owner of a company has like so much say that all the other people feel like minions that don't that don't have uh much of a say right so and 
like uh, I remember Michael Moore's documentary shit I forget what it's called but he goes to different countries to see how they're doing things differently yeah and in in Italy he touches on this subject that in Italy you know the CEO isn't necessarily like the top dog he's not seen he or she is not seen or they as like the be all end all person right yeah uh they they really value taking ideas using ideas from the workers yeah to make the whole business better therefore the workers are happier because they feel they have more of a purpose at work yeah therefore the whole business is just doing better right yeah um yeah i think it would be cool to see this country because we we put so much emphasis on one person running something yeah does it make sense no it makes no sense it's good to have leadership but it's not good to make the people you're leading feel like they don't have anything to put into the in play and the thing the the bad thing is i feel like because when i've studied more native cultures it's like the leader is not the smartest person Mm. it's not always like the bravest person but they're the person who has the the best like organized process because they just oversee things and break things down. Mm. You know, like, they're not... So that then they can say to the smartest person, we need you because you're the smartest person. Yeah, like, they can use the people the well. They just just know how to take something and filter it. Like, they should just Mm. be the best filter of things, Mm. and then they find the people with the best strengths. Like, I know um, my mom was, like, really into this program called Strength Finder, and it's mm. really cool. I, I took it. It's like you all these questions, and then you get what are your strengths. Mm. And I guess like at one of her jobs in a community college, all the all the employees took it, mm-hmm. and they actually changed some people's jobs based on their strengths. Mm. And it's like every business could be doing that because you might right, have, right. like for example, our friend Ryan, he is so good at like communicating with people and like like just meeting people and like yeah. telling oh, pe- he's like people, so yeah. good at connecting people. Yeah. It's like any job that needs someone to like connect people and like check in and see things, like he could li- like just he's so efficient at that. Yeah. Like if I had that position, I would not be as good. Yeah, I mean like either. you know, like Yeah. Friends. I actually wouldn't even enjoy it too. He would yeah. probably enjoy it. And it's those differences. Like when me and him have done events together, he's really good at getting people, getting the word out and trying to get people there. Mm-hmm. Now, once the people are there, like I have a little bit more of a strength in like presenting the information, mm. but like, I'm not good at like reaching out and getting as much people. That's mm, right. just like, I have to function more on doing something really well. And then those people spread like telling, Oh, like, Oh, this person's like, does this, this and this, like you should see it. And then word of mouth. Yeah. But it's like building up those teams and like businesses could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like you're saying, like, and I, I do know I've heard, I'll have to figure out what company it is. I was listening to the CEO talk from a company and they had that was one of their rules mm. was that you, if you feel you have a better idea mm-hmm. or you have a contradictory idea, you have to share it. It was something, some mm. kind of rule like that. And like, it doesn't matter who is has yeah. the contradictory idea because they were saying like the ceo was saying like in the end of the day i'm not always right mm-hmm. but if i want to have the best business i need to do the best things mm. but i'm not always the best right. so if the person who's like 
just makes coffees in the cafe at that business. Yeah. Like, has this great idea. Like, that might be a million-dollar idea. You should use it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's funny because that's actually... If you're thinking of capitalism as trying to make money, mm-hmm. that's actually how you make the most... Like, you make the most money by being the nicest, like, most just, like, being a good listener, taking ideas from mm-hmm. people, synthesizing what works the best, mm-hmm. and then paying people the most amount of money so that they're happy, so then they keep creating good ideas. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, good business. Yeah, and also, like, how admirable to, like... I would I look up I would look up to someone like that as my boss, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'd be excited. Yeah, man. You'd want to work for that like that person, you'd be like, "Wow, like that person's legit." Like Yeah. And that person would be wise. Yeah. You know, because they would know that they're not correct and like being able to be around a person who's that vulnerable and is like mm-hmm. able to be like, "Oh, well no, that's a better idea than my idea. Yeah. Let's go with it." Yeah. It's like Okay, and then it's like we're talking about like actually doing what our goal is. Because yeah. if your goal is to make money, like being that like dick who like controls everyone is not always like the best option. Mm-hmm. And there might be time periods where someone has to be like that. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely like I would probably say being like that all the time and like cutting corners and trying to give people as little as possible is probably not, that's not where you save money. Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and this is where i feel like our obsession with academia too like just because someone has a higher education in some field doesn't mean they should be the you know like they're they should be like the leader in that specific yeah though i think it you know sure I just mean they they can still it doesn't mean they have the the final or they have the only say, I feel like the, it could mean that they should be open to other ideas, too. Because you, you, you don't have the perspective of the person who, you know, happens to be in scenarios that they're affected by your business. Or, like, you know what I mean? Things yeah. like that. And to that end, I'd also say I think we have too much of a idea that by giving other people freedom, and I struggle with this, too. Are you losing your vision? Are you losing? Are you losing like the direction you're? You're. Well, that's different because if you're really just trying to make money as a company, you should have a vision. But you should. You should. You're probably not worried too much as of uh, of like where I don't know. You know what I'm getting yeah. at? Like where where it what direction it goes? Yeah. But the best, so usually I feel like the best businesses and stuff, especially moving ahead, because there's just going to be more transparency. With more technology, there's more transparency. Like, this is, like, a reality. Yeah. I think yeah. there needs to be more transparency built into things. Like, businesses, like, showing, like, this is how much money we make. This is where we put it. Mm-hmm. I think every website should have something like that. Mm. Just, like, because then people can see. And, like, it's just, I think that's going to be an important thing, moving ahead. I think we should be able to know each other's paychecks, too. Yeah. Actually, because then there's no discrepancy in payment. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, there needs to be... Just, I think, business transparency, governmental transparency is super important. I mean, transparency in general, like, it's it's just, like, a good thing. Um, It's difficult, but, like, 
the 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 best thing like the best system is like the the best system is the most difficult to create and that's just like mm. probably the reality not always but like like for me I'm like creating new systems to organize stuff in my house if I'm gonna do that well like that takes a lot of work mm. and it also takes thinking like why do I hold on to these things like if I like hoard certain things it's like why and mm. I had to think about that and it might have like some childhood trauma thing and then you had to work on that it's like it takes so much work. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, should we do our accountable tasks? Yeah, let's get into our accountable tasks for next week. Um, what are you what are you thinking? Um, so I need to continue to work on my accountable tasks. Mm. Um, working on the website stuff. I already have the website list, so I just need to solidify the website homepage so that feels, like, good, because mm-hmm. that would be really nice. Um, and then I don't know if I'll be able to get into, like, actually really getting into the government structure, so it's, like, actually I need to... My civic accountability will be to actually just do my personal work and getting my, like at home organization system yeah more established so then i don't have to worry about that and i can focus on like deeper level things Mm, okay yeah yeah cool um mine are to film the weatherman scene his name is smorgie it's so funny to go from what we've been talking about to, like, <laughs> describe my show. So, I'm going to film a weatherman scene, and it's it's a, a, an alien named Schmorgie that's a puppet, and he talks about the weather. Uh, let's see. I want to write the screenplay of all three episodes that I hope to complete before the end of the summer. That's kind of, like, the big yeah. goal. Yeah. We'll see if that actually happens, but I want to write the the three screenplays because um, there are people who are either interested or need to just know, you know, what's going on more specifically in 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 my head. I want to get it out of my head and onto the page, um, and then work start working on one of the three costumes that I still have to make uh, for the other characters. And my civic duty, as I said before, learn my rights in a police encounter, just to know. Yeah, that's a good one. Because I'm not sure yet if it's going to be good to enter those situations, but I, I, I think it's important to know either way. No, I think I think what you were saying is really good. I think always like just entering and being like, you know, excuse me, like, can I, do you mind if I ask you, like, what this person's done? Like, just Mm. given the current climate, I'm just being, I'm doing my duty to, like, make sure people, like, to uphold justice or something. Mm. Maybe not, I don't know, figure out some kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's crazy that I have to, like, preface it that way, but, yeah, totally. Yeah, because I think it's, like, it's weird, because it's, like, it's like you have to acknowledge like the system is just is like rigged against the people too. Yeah. So like even if you had really good people, like they probably would be 
converted to being bad people. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole system's bad. So you have to like acknowledge the fact that also if you ended up as a police officer, you could be in those same shoes, given mm-hmm. that the system like does that. Yeah, someone recently said how the police looks out for the police, you know, and so yeah. they're not looking at you. At least most of them, I'm sure there's some that are really in it for like protecting and serving the people, but as we've seen with evidence, that's not true for the majority. And you have to enter a situation knowing that they have their their group that they look out for. And you can't threaten that. They'll just shoot you. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, which so. is crazy. So there's got to be some good way to... Because actually, it's funny. Like, when you said that, I've had two interactions that were really interesting. Once with an EMT mm. and once with police officers. Mm-hmm. And um, the one with the EMT was really interesting because... I was taking a anatomy and physiology class at the time, so I had like tons of high-level science terminology for physiological changes in the human body mm-hmm. at that time period, just like ready to go. Mm. And uh, my friend was definitely on some kind of drugs. Like I don't even know, but he yeah. was just like, oh, like he just looked off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this EMT was just drilling him, trying to get him to say that he was on drugs so then they could call the police and get him in trouble. Uh, Which is, like, their own weird thing. Like, why is an EMT in that weird power struggle? But I remember I walked over and I was like, excuse me, like, you're talking about my friend's pupils being uh, dilated. Yeah. But, like, you're confronting him. You're speaking in a harsh tone. you're, You're very close to him. You're putting him in a fight or flight response, thereby physiologically changing him to have that response. Yeah. So I was like, you actually are the reason he has dilated pupils right now. Did it work? Yeah. Well, he like, he kind of stopped talking. Cause that, I, I said it more like, and I was like, I broke down. Like, I was like, you know, you're doing this, which is increasing his cortisol. The cortisol is then releasing like the, mm-hmm. and I like said like the whole process as to why stress would dilate pupils mm-hmm. to him. And I just rattled it real quick. And he was like, it was like, because he has some backing in that, yeah. as like a somewhat of a medical profession, mm-hmm. it's like he kind of couldn't dispute that. I spoke his language, mm. and like, yeah. So like, my friend didn't end up getting in trouble, which was cool. Nice. But he was definitely on like acid and having like a freak <laughs> out. You know, like it was like yeah. But I didn't. I didn't absolutely know. But I was also like, dude, this guy's trying to get my right. friend in trouble. Right, I'm gonna right. intervene. Right. And there's, you know, we can also talk about that one day where it's like you know these drugs are illegal because they open the mind yeah and you know yeah and then once with the police was interesting because i also read these books i just bought another one of those books we can talk about it at some point but it's this guy he definitely it's a surname it's dr haha lung and he writes about like mind manipulation and the dark arts of like uh, like warfare psycholo- like psychological things and he talks about like hitler and, like, how companies have, like, Coca-Cola have used things that Hitler did to, like, use in their advertisements. Mm. But then he, was, he also makes the thing that he says it's a travesty that we as general people don't study those, like, lunatics like Hitler and learn what they have to offer. Because the issue is, like, the companies learn that and then they use what he understood on people. Mm. But when you study those people and what they learned, it's it makes it harder for those things to be done upon you. Oh, like, uh-huh. so he, yeah. it's like, whoa, you know, it's like when I remember when I read it, I was like, holy, like, that's like, 
profound. Yeah. You know, because we usually don't, like, when we think of manipulation, we think of it as negative. Yeah. But then the way this guy uses it, he's just like, you know, if you want to go to a restaurant and your friend wants to go to a different restaurant and you're talking about it, like, you're trying to manipulate them to go to your restaurant. Mm. Or, like, he just uses manipulate as, like, it just changes anything. Mm. And, like, by not studying, like, these negative manipulations, like, you're you're missing out on a whole aspect. Mm-hmm. And when you study it, it's harder to do upon you. Mm. So I always, I had like these, like these ideas rolling in my mind. And one time I got pulled over and, uh, we had like just like, it was definitely like some issues and like this cop was being weird. So then I started using big words that I knew he didn't know because I was playing into the fact that as a cop, he probably had like a male dominance complex he probably wasn't super educated because police usually aren't super well trained or educated. So I used a bunch of terminology he wouldn't understand hmm. to throw him off because he would be thinking internally that he, he's like, what does that word mean? And that's what he would be focusing on. Like, so I'd throw him off his gaze, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't ever stop me to, mm-hmm. to tell me like, be like, what are you talking about? Hmm. Because that would be against the, the stereotype of like the dominant male policeman. Mm-hmm. So I just kept on like talking about this stuff using like really high level language. So I knew I was like going to throw him off his course. Mm-hmm. And then like when he asked for certain things, like he asked if we had like illegal things in the car or different stuff. I like was like, well, we, I was like, well, I just got back from this trip. Like, to be honest, like there actually might be. And like got into this whole long thing. And I was like, like, so like I gave him a little piece of what he wanted to hear. Hmm. And then I just, and then I rambled on about some kind of random stuff. And then I was like, oh, and if you want, like, I can pull stuff out of the back. Hmm. And I was like, so I was like feeding him things that he wanted to hear. So he felt dominant still. Hmm. And then using words that were too big for him to understand. So it would throw off his thinking. Because hmm. you'd be forced to, his brain would be forced to think, what does that word mean? Because when you hear a word you don't know, you automatically yeah. think that. But knowing he wouldn't ask, like, slows up his thinking about what he's going to say. So it puts me in control, more in control of that situation. And then I was giving him little bits, so he felt like I was feeding his, his, like, male dominant ego. Mm -hmm. And then, like, but then giving him not enough that, like, it made any sense for him to do anything. Hmm. No, like, that's different because I'm also a white male. So it's like, I have that capacity. But, like... Right, he's... He won't react based on, you know, the stereotypes he would have been fed if he were black. Yeah. But it's this interesting thinking of those things, like, what words, what word choices can I use to elicit a certain, like, automatic response in that person? Mm. Well, I think it'd be good for everyone to know these sort of things. Yeah. Not Not, you know, doesn't have to look like that, but different ways that you can diffuse situations. Yeah, and just, like, thinking of that, because it's, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, what I was doing is stuff that, like, you know, evil people use, Mm. but it's, like, in that situation, that's, like, it makes sense, because it's, like, you know, like, the, like, that, I wasn't doing anything wrong, I wasn't harming society, Mm -hmm. so, like, if a police officer is going to try to enact his power on me, and I'm just, and I'm not harming anyone, Mm. I should have a whole tool arsenal of tools mm-hmm. that I can use to like flip the flip dynamics on him. Mm. Cause the thing is, is like a lot of the police, 
I don't want to like generalize, but like, you know, they're not well trained mm. and they're not like super, super educated. Mm. So like when you're, when you're in a state like me, I have a lot of privilege of being highly educated, the privilege of meeting lots of different people and like having interesting conversations and having lots of mentors throughout my life. Mm. Like I can use those privileges in that moment to like mess with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Well, yeah, so I want to learn my li- my rights to start that process of being able to know what to do in those scenarios. Yeah. I think everybody should do that. Yeah, and it goes back, I remember, I remember um, a friend had this picture, and it might even be, it might have been in their house, and it was like a picture, it was like two pictures of a, like a group of black men, and like one of them was like, they're all like gangster like, stereotypically gangster and, like, how they were dressed. And it was, like, this is what they want. And then below it, it was, like, a group of black men in suits, like, looking like lawyers. Mm. And it was, like, this is what they fear. Mm. And it's always that thing. I feel like, because when you, if you were to know everything that the police can and can't do, and you're using their language, like, you walk up, like, excuse me, officer, um, based on the, like, RL277, um, I'm allowed to ask questions. Do you mind if I ask you a question right now? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you're using their language. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, first off, it throws them off. Mm-hmm. Like, so then they're not, they don't have their automatic responses to things. Because police are definitely going to have an automatic response to someone per- coming up to them, like, angry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if you come up with a different way... Mm-hmm. you're taking control because then they actually have to think. You're you're forcing thinking. Mm. Again, all all with the shade of this is we're we're both white. But Yeah. Yeah, no, so it's something more for us as white people that we should be doing. Yeah, cause yeah. Yeah, because I can't speak for black people and what, what's best for them. Based on the talk documentary right now what's best in the given such the given system that is um the the best thing is to just like do what they say and be polite and because if you do anything controversial to them it's just over yeah and just going about even talking to them like you want to do like you have to do it very carefully because it's Mm -hmm. like even if for white people it's like i mean oh i know it can escalate so quick yeah, I mean, I've been in scenarios where it escalates like crazy. Yeah, just because my friend decided to be controversial, decided to talk back, and it it, 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 it no one got killed, obviously, and yeah. that's because we were a group of white kids in in a small white town, you know. So th- we're lucky, but I just de- definitely have seen a cop become completely irrational yeah yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> well on a light note what do we what do we have that's light to say um oh dude one really cool thing that this week that was nice is i reread the alchemist by paulo coelho and like mm. it's such a good book mm-hmm. it's so short Mm. it's like a definitely like you could read it in like a weekend Mm -hmm. of like if you're 
reading like you're at it like a beach or you're sitting someplace in a cafe or like someplace where you can sit and read for a while mm-hmm. and it's so ins- inspiring yeah just the idea of thinking that there's this uh i'm trying to think about the word they use specifically for it but like you have like this treasure this personal treasure that's out in the world for you mm-hmm. and you just have to listen to your heart listen like listen to the things that really move you towards that goal mm-hmm. and not just follow you know the fears that you may have or follow what society says like it's all about just like listening learning to listen to your own heart and follow that mm. and like follow that that dream like that like that personal best self that you can be mm. and like become that person right on i love it yeah do I have anything? I ran through a splink- sprinkler with my two nieces oh, yesterday. That's awesome. Was that yesterday? Two days ago? It was really nice. That's awesome. It was <laughs> so fun. The other day I, was, uh, I brought my second cousin to a taco place, like a pretty like legit uh, Mexican restaurant. And like he had just never really eaten spicy food or tacos uh-huh. or like soft shell tacos because yeah. you have to kind of hold them a different way too so like all the juice doesn't come out and it was just funny he's had like taco sauce like all over his hands and all over his shorts and then he was like dying from the heat and like chugging water and that like from the spicy heat yeah almost like it's like something you see in a cartoon that's uh-huh. like that's not quite real they're like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like Mm -hmm. just chugging water (laughs) which (laughs) makes it worse right i've heard that water you actually need like milk or something yeah milk's better take care of spice but yeah but it was just funny it was just (laughs) it was i felt bad because like i always eat i just eat like weird food like always yeah so like his whole life like it's always been like oh what is greg eating like oh this green drink like let me try it oh it tastes like (laughs) Like, swamp water, you know, like, yeah. something weird. It's like, oh, man. Where are the chicken nuggets? Yeah, where are the chicken nuggets? <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Yeah, so that was, that was fun. Any others? Um, well, not that I can think of. Well, I mean, I, I'm grateful that I had, I had the other day, I had, like, a day off where I was, like, trying to not do anything, because sometimes I think I can overdo it. Yeah. And, uh, me and Hannah went to the beach, and then we just, like, read our books on the beach. Yeah. That's, that's like, so nice. quite a nice way to spend an afternoon. Yeah. If you can, and I'm grateful that I can. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, and it was kind of funny, we did get kind of, like deep yeah well we that's we tend to and yeah and that's why it seems like this podcast is like changing to be more about just the world and then yeah and then accountable for both what we're gonna do instead of just talking about it yeah what do you do yeah um in this time it's just like there's so much happening it's like mm -hmm. whoa it's incredible Mm -hmm. it's beautiful to see Mm -hmm. like people were like really rallying Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like way more than like I ever mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. 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 All well, right. Have a good week. You as well, Michael. 
my accountability buddy. We can pretend we're not going to see each other, but we're about to eat dinner together. (laughs) (laughs) And probably talk in between episodes as well. Yeah, and then sometimes we go, we should save that for the podcast. Yeah, like, oh damn, this is a good conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, see you Greg. Bye. (laughs) 